A city in the state of Tennessee has banned homosexuality in public. There's just something that's so mommy-coded about destroying a mountain of dishes or like crisply folding laundry. Do I like being called she, her? Not really. Do I want to be called girlfriend? Yes. And sometimes we are wrong about who we think other people are. I just started reading the Quran and I am so excited about it. Hey everybody, I'm Brad Palumbo and welcome back to the Damage Control Podcast where we're trying to reclaim the debate over LGBT issues from the crazy people who've taken it over. Today, we'll be breaking down the latest development in California's increasingly unhinged gender wars, plus discussing whether a city in America really banned public homosexuality and reacting to a clip from the recent GOP presidential debate where they debated transitioning children. And as always, we'll round out the show with a segment where I subject myself to torture and lose some brain cells by reacting to cringe LGBT TikToks. If you're new here, consider subscribing. We're growing really fast, and I'm really hoping to hit 100,000 subscribers here on YouTube before the new year. And if you enjoy this conversation, if you find it valuable, do consider dropping a like and leaving a comment letting me know your thoughts. Now, let's get into it, and to start, we'll catch up with Mr. Gavin Newsom over in California, where a new law just regulates how toy stores must display their toys, because that's apparently a top and pressing concern in the Golden State, and mandates that gender-neutral toy sections be provided in stores. Here's a brief local news clip that will bring you up to speed with the law that's about to take effect. Large stores in California will now be required to create a section for gender-neutral children's toys. Governor Newsom signed a bill into law yesterday. It requires stores with at least 500 employees to maintain gender-neutral sections. The law does not ban the display of boys' and girls' sections. It only applies to toys and child care products. It does not apply to clothes, and that law goes into effect in 2024. Now we'll go to the New York Post for some more details. In a piece entitled, California retailers that refuse gender-neutral toy sections will be fined up to $500 under a new law, the New York Post reports that major retailers in California are just weeks away from having to create gender-neutral toy sections for children or risk being fined hundreds of dollars under a controversial state law set to take effect in the new year. Under the terms of the legislation Governor Gavin Newsom signed into law in 2021, California-based department stores with 500 or more employees that sell childcare items or toys must have a gender-neutral section regardless of whether they have been traditionally marketed for either girls or for boys. Any department store that fails to create a gender-neutral section could face a $250 fine for the first violation and a $500 fine for any subsequent violations. The new law does not prohibit typical boys and girls sections. LGBTQ advocates called the measure a win at the time the legislation was signed, arguing the pink and blue hues of traditional marketing methods pressure kids to fit gender stereotypes. Keeping similar items that are traditionally marketed either for girls or for boys separated makes it more difficult for the consumer to compare the products and incorrectly implies that their use by one gender is inappropriate. Part of the legislation states... The bill was originally introduced into the California Assembly by Assemblyman Evan Lowe, who compared it to earlier laws that require publicly traded companies to add women to their corporate boards, force employers to release pay data to improve gender equity, and require single-occupancy bathrooms to use all gender signs. Governor Gavin Newsom signed the bill into law, and it is set to come into effect in 2024, which is just weeks away at this point. So I have a bunch of thoughts on this, but first I just want to start with 
how amusing I find this. During 2021, California was still recovering from its destructive and disastrous COVID-era lockdown policies that put kids out of school, that destroyed jobs, that put an absolute throttle on the economy. And yet, what was their government doing? Regulating toy departments for gender neutrality? It's just a bizarre, bizarre priority to have when you have parts of California that literally have so much human feces on the street that people have to make poop maps. Yes, I said that correctly. Poop maps. Alerting people, alerting citizens which parts of the city that they're in are covered in poop. They have a homelessness crisis in parts of California. They are losing people. They are losing tax revenue. The economy is struggling. All of these problems. And they're trying to regulate toy sections by gender. There's just something bizarre to me about the way politicians will find a way to focus on things that they think might play well with a base, but are really so irrelevant and such distractions. There's also a free speech angle to this. Companies have First Amendment rights as well, and I wouldn't be surprised if they sued after this law goes into effect if they decide it's worth the fight, because you really can't, or at least you, you shouldn't, be able to override how companies can market their own products and enforce your version of gender ideology onto their standards. Some of what is considered a boy's toy versus a girl's toy is kind of silly. I'd absolutely let my daughter play with G.I. Joes or my son play with dolls. I really don't care, and I'm not sure why some parents do, but that's their right. But the idea that it's some sort of social harm that justifies government regulation and micromanagement of the toy department that we have boys and girls toy sections it just really stretches credulity it really does i mean is gavin newsom really expecting us to believe that this is a pressing problem in his state that the government needs to insert itself into toys r us ultimately the fines here involved are pretty small in the grand scheme of things but it's just another layer on top of the countless thousands and thousands of regulations and rules and cost adding mandates that make it harder and harder to do business in california it really does seem like california's government is putting woke progressive ideology over having a thriving economy in their state and that's not in the best interest of anybody who lives in California, whether they have a gender-neutral kid, whether they're a ultra-feminist mom, or whatnot. People are already free to buy toys from whatever section they want, by the way. It's not like just because something's in the boys' section, girls can't buy it, or parents can't buy it for their girls. Like, that's simply not the case. I find this whole story, frankly, ridiculous and humorous, but at the same time, it really does betray a vision for the role of government that I find totally anathema to what I believe in and to honestly basic American principles of a limited government that some progressive politicians, Gavin Newsom and the other folks that run the Democratic Party in California, actually think this is not just a pressing and urgent priority, but a proper role for the government. And we need to call out this kind of insane nonsense, even when it's going on just in California for now. And we don't live in California because, unfortunately, folks like Newsom, they want to use California as a blueprint for the United States. I think on everything from energy policy to housing to taxation to apparently toy store regulation, that would be a terrible idea. Up next, Gavin Newsom and many others are involved in another controversy after misinformation and alarmism was spread about a new LGBT law in one city. In November, Gavin Newsom tweeted, A city in Tennessee has banned being gay in public. This is just the beginning. We have to call this out. Wow, that sounds pretty extreme. Sounds very homophobic. 
Sounds scary. Sounds bigoted. Sounds like America is becoming a hateful and dangerous place. There's just one problem, of course, that it isn't true. <laughs> but Gavin Newsom was not the only one pushing this hoax of a story. TikTokers, with their typical leftist persuasion, went nuts over this and were raising bloody hell over it like this was uh, Mike Pence's fever dream come to life in America. We were slowly descending into The Handmaid's Tale. Check out this one TikTok that uh, spread the news. It's now illegal to be gay in this city in Tennessee. A city in the state of Tennessee has banned homosexuality in public. You heard that right. Let me say it again. They have banned being gay in public. The city is Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And back in June, they passed an ordinance against indecent conduct. Now, most people didn't realize it at the time, they did it during Pride, that this ordinance linked back to a 1972 law, which defined various things that were considered indecent. And one of those things is public homosexuality. Now, some people thought that it might have been an oversight, and they didn't think that they would really try to enforce this. But just recently, they actually tried to use it to shut down Borough Pride, a pride festival in Murfreesboro. And the Tennessee Equality Project, collectively with ACLU Tennessee and a few other major organizations, managed to hold a court hearing and they blocked the law for that specific event. But the law is still in effect. It was only blocked for that pride festivity. And so now the local city council has decided to enforce this law in more places. Now they're turning to the libraries and they're pulling LGBTQ books off the shelves. There are multiple hearings going on right now and they've already removed some LGBTQ books. This is the kind of law that we have seen in some Eastern European and Russian countries where they've decided to ban being gay in public. And all the outrage that we had for these countries whenever they did it, we seem to be getting no such outrage whenever it's some place in our own country, a state in our own country, a city in our own country that's doing it. This claim is so misleading and so misrepresentative of the actual facts of the situation that even Snopes, which is a very liberal-leaning and biased fact-checker, did a fact-check pointing out the problems with this narrative. In a Snopes article, Is Public Homosexuality Banned in Murfreesboro, Tennessee? They report that in fact it is technically true that for a time, a city ordinance explicitly included homosexual activity of any kind as a violation of newly issued community standards. But when you look into the details here, you'll quickly realize that nobody was ever arrested or prohibited from engaging in public homosexuality, and it essentially was an oversight left into a law that was derived from another old law that they then amended and removed. So the Snopes article points out Gavin Newsom's tweet, which received over 5 million views, so he convinced a lot of people that there was something going on here. And Snopes reports this claim that a city ordinance in Murfreesboro, Tennessee banned public homosexuality was broadly true when an ordinance on, quote, community decency went into effect in June of 2023. But explicit reference to homosexuality was removed from the code in November 2023. In June of 2023, the Murfreesboro City Council passed Ordinance 23022, a law purportedly regarding community decency that the Associated Press described as being, quote, designed to ban drag performances from taking place on public property, end quote. As described by its authors, the new law supplemented existing civil and criminal sanctions for indecent behavior by barring persons who engage in prohibited conduct from sponsoring events on a public space for two years and increasing to five years where the prohibited conduct occurs in the presence of minors. The bill included, quote, sexual conduct as one form of indecent behavior covered by the June 2023 enhancements to the code. This conduct term, however, 
was defined by Section 2171 of the Murfreesboro City Code, which had been in place since the 1970s, and that defined terms used in a section of city code detailing criminal offenses related to, quote, exposing minors to harmful materials. That code defined sexual conduct in a way that broadly included acts of homosexuality. A literal reading of the new law, therefore, could have criminalized any sort of public display of homosexuality, even if such a display was not overtly sexual or sexual in nature. So to recap, essentially this city, this local city council, passed an attempt to ban what they saw as sexually explicit or inappropriate public behavior. In their law doing so, they used terms that defined under old 1970 laws did archaically still include homosexuality. This was never in force to lock anyone up for being gay, and that very clearly was not the intent, seeing as they removed it almost immediately once this came to light. The intent of this law was to crack down on lewd or sexually explicit performances in public and or in front of children, something that is a hotly contested topic these days, and we can certainly debate. I, I'm not saying this law necessarily is something I would support or that you should support. We can debate the law. But one thing that most certainly did not happen was a city criminalizing being gay. Even the penalties for this were simply that you couldn't sponsor events in public. It's not like they were even under this literal interpretation of this archaic law going to be sending people to jail for what they did in the sanctity of their homes. And here's the thing. Even if the city had tried to ban homosexuality, they literally can't do that. There are ample Supreme Court cases like Lawrence v. Texas all the way back in 2003 holding that it's unconstitutional for the government in America to criminalize homosexuality. So if they wanted to do that, they couldn't. It would be almost immediately struck down in court. Should they have fixed this law and updated the old definitions before it technically went into effect? Yeah, yeah, I think they should have done that. That's part of good policymaking, and it looks like they dropped the ball here. But the narrative that Newsom and TikTok activists painted was one where evil Republicans are bringing back efforts to lock up gay people for loving who they love. And that narrative is detached from reality in this case. Now, the Snopes article and these TikTok activists have cited the fact that the Tennessee city has used this new law to block a planned pride event that a group was trying to put on in their city. But I think they're more likely trying to block this event because it's publicly lewd. I mean, they say that it's been lewd in years past. And frankly, you don't have to have observed too many pride events to notice that some do include public displays of kink and fetish, people barely dressed, or sometimes people fully in the nude in public in front of minors. I've covered that kind of thing on this show. So it could well be that they're trying to block this event because of public indecency, not because it has anything to do with them being gay. Regardless, they're fighting that out in court, and we'll see how that ultimately turns out. It might be that they have the right to have that event. But Murfreesboro, Tennessee is not putting people in jail or locking people up or making it illegal to be gay in public. And Democrats and progressive activists, they seem to do this a lot, where they wildly exaggerate and overhype stories to try to alarm people and scare them. I find that contemptible, and I really think it's actually ineffective because when there are actual LGBT issues that are at stake, it's kind of like that old story about the boy who cried wolf. But I'm going to believe you because you've screamed bloody murder when you stubbed your toe in the past. Up next, the Republican Party just had a presidential debate, and one of the topics that came up was the candidate's different views on the question of whether parents should be allowed to pursue medical transition for their children who are experiencing gender dysphoria 
or say they're transgender. Apparently, not all the candidates running for the GOP's nomination agree on this question, because some of them say parents should be allowed, and others say they shouldn't. Here's a clip from the recent debate featuring moderator Megyn Kelly, and she's speaking to Republican presidential candidates Chris Christie and then Ron DeSantis. You do not favor a ban on trans medical treatments for minors, saying it's a parental rights issue. The surgeries done on minors involve cutting off body parts at a time when these kids cannot even legally smoke a cigarette. Kids who go from puberty blockers to cross-sex hormones are at a much greater likelihood of winding up sterile. How is it that you think a parent should be able to okay these surgeries, never mind the sterilization of a child? And aren't you way too out of step on this issue to be the Republican nominee? No, I'm not. Because, I, because Republicans believe in less government, not more. In less involvement with government, not more in government involvement in people's lives. And you know what, Megan? I trust parents. And we're out there saying that we should empower parents in education. We should empower parents to make more decisions about where their kids go to school. I agree. We should empower parents to be teaching the values that they believe in in their homes without the government telling them what those values should be. And yet, we want to take other parental rights away. I'm sorry. As a father of four, I believe there is no one who loves my children more than me. There's no one who loves my children more than my wife. There's no one who cares more about their success and health in life than we do. Not some government bureaucrat. Go Parent, ahead. you do not have the right to abuse your kids. This is cutting off their genitals. This is mutilating these minors. These are irreversible procedures. Uh, and this is something that other countries in Europe, like Sweden, once they started doing it, they saw it did incalculable damage. They've shut it down. I signed legislation in Florida banning the mutilation of minors because it is wrong. So I found this clip and this part of the debate really fascinating because folks who follow this podcast and have followed this channel will know that the question of whether kids should be allowed to medically transition is one that's been hotly discussed on this channel and on this show in the past. And I lean towards the position that it's not something that should be allowed, at least not until kids reach the age of consent in their state is what I've always said. So that might be 16 or 17 or 18, but either they're old enough to do what they want with their bodies or they're not. And I don't believe minors can consent to sex changes that have life altering ramifications, including sexual incontinence and even sterility over the course of their lifetimes. But I'm also a huge believer in parents' rights. And so I have a very, very hard time with this question because I really can see both sides. I totally understand what Chris Christie is saying about how parents know what's best for their kids and how the government shouldn't be micromanaging your parenting decisions or getting in between decisions that you're making with your doctor about what's right for your kids. And in almost, almost, almost all circumstances, I would agree with that logic. But we really do agree as a society that there are some limits on parental rights. For example, we all believe that you can't abuse your children. We all believe that children cannot consent to sex. A truly unlimited view of parental rights would even call into question those questions. And there has to be some limiting principle on what parents can consent to on behalf of their children. So for example, another thing that I don't think should be allowed is for parents to put their children into conversion therapy. Sorry, but while I believe in parents' rights, I think it crosses a bright red line when you try to electroshock the gay out of your child. 
In the same way, putting your child on a path to lifelong infertility, starting at just 10, 11, or 12 when they would go on puberty blockers when they can't even understand these concepts is just something I think crosses the line. I really do see both sides of it, though, because the values at stake here that are conflicting are that of parental rights and limited government with the most basic protections for children, which even limited government people agree is, is a proper function of the government. I'm curious for your thoughts, so let me know in the comments who you agree with more, Chris Christie or Ron DeSantis, because this is one of the hot contested issues within the GOP and on the right right now, and some people are falling on either side of this line. I'm interested to see where it goes. I have my own thoughts, but I can see where both sides are coming from, and I want us to continue to further that important conversation on this podcast. All right, guys, it's time for that part of the podcast where you all love and I love but also hate because I only have so many brain cells and each time some of them die when I do this for your entertainment and amusement, but it's time for me to react to unhinged LGBT tech talks and boy, some of them today are real doozies, y'all. Up first, this TikToker came up with a rhyme to teach kids about pronouns. I am who I say I am and you are who you say you are and sometimes we are wrong about who we think other people are. That's okay. Don't assume you can always just ask which pronouns do you use? He, him, she, her, they, them, zeezer. Let me know, let me know which one do you prefer? Uh, <laughs> let's unpack this logic for a second. I am who I say I am. So is your position that if a kid tells you they're Superman or Batman or that they are a wolf, that they are actually those things? I'm assuming it's not, unless this person is a total looty tune. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt and assume they're just a little confused. Nobody actually believes that people are just whatever they say they are. That would be ludicrous. I could walk around and tell people that I'm Tom Brady, but I'm not, in fact, Tom Brady. I don't have any Super Bowl rings, uh, and I have never played for the New England Patriots. Objective reality and truth are concepts that do actually exist. And I, for one, like don't think we should be teaching children small enough that they are being taught via rhyme that whatever they want to be or feel like is reality. And I don't think we should be confusing young children with dubious and incoherent concepts like Zer pronouns. Again, and I know I repeat myself sometimes on this podcast, but the alphabet people just, they're not getting it. They're not getting the message. So what choice do I have? Stop messing with kids. There is no better way to ensure backlash to the LGBT community, to this movement, than to mess with kids. People will revolt over that. And it will, and it already is, lead to backsliding and backlash. So please, on behalf of the normal LGBT people in this world, I'm begging folks like this, stop. Talk about your pronouns, do your stuff that you want to do, but don't make it about kids. That's going to really, really, really hurt our community and hurt your movement if you keep doing this, because people just are not going to stand for that. Up next, another example of why I still find non-binary TikTok so incoherent. This is just a reminder that being non-binary is going to look different for every non-binary person. I'm non-binary, I use they, them pronouns. Do I like being called girl? No. Do I like being called she, her? Not really. Do I want to be called girlfriend? Yes. Do I want to be a mom? Absolutely. But when I'm older, do I want to be a grandpa? Yes. Now, is that a bit confusing? Sure. But it's my gender and I get to decide what's comfortable for me. <laughs> Y'all! <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine normal straight people, middle-aged people who grew up and like 
heard about gay activists and, you know, came around to gay marriage and all that. And all of a sudden they see some TikTok chick telling them they don't want to be called girl, but they do want to be a girlfriend. They don't want to be a woman, but they do want to be a mom. And also one day they want to be considered a grandpa. What? <laughs> Again, though, like this is just why I view non-binary as an incoherent concept. So you don't identify as either male or female, despite your biological sex, yet you still sometimes want to be referred to with woman uh, words and pronouns, but sometimes not. And sometimes you even want to be referred to with male words or male pronouns, and yet you don't identify as male or female. The math isn't mathing for me, babe. It's not mathing. I'm putting in the in the calculator and then it's giving me an error message. If I, as a gay person and somebody who's generally pretty open-minded and tolerant and believes in a pluralistic society, can't wrap my head around what the hell y'all are saying and what y'all are trying to advocate for, how is an everyday person supposed to? That's enough of the non-binaries for today because they're giving me a headache, but unfortunately there's more crazy trans stuff on TikTok that I came across this week and I enjoy suffering alongside you, so you're going to have to watch this one too. That give me gender euphoria, but it gets increasingly more unhinged doing housework. There's just something that's so mommy coded about destroying a mountain of dishes or like crisply folding laundry. Beating men. Not like physically beating men, but like winning against men in like sports or a video game or life itself. Also the color green. I understand that colors don't have gender, but a good green, that's just for the girls, babe. Next, I'm gonna have to say crying. Before I transitioned, I was one of those girls dash boys who like never cried. And now it's everyday like clockwork. And honestly, what is girlier than sobbing uncontrolled? Next, doing any activity with the wind in my hair, like running, biking, convertibles, boats, wind tunnels. Yeah, those last three I actually haven't experienced, but I imagine the euphoria would be off the chart. Ladies, ladies out there, I am not a woman, I'm not one of y'all, but I am offended on your behalf. This person just said that what makes them feel like a woman is doing dishes and sobbing. Can you get? more crude sex stereotypes and more misogynistic essentialist gender roles than that. This is why you have a feminist backlash in some spaces pushing back on the trans movement and trans activists because they feel that the ideology behind trans activism is actually regressive and sexist. When I see videos like this, I can kind of get where they're coming from. Now, I still maintain that my friends who are legitimately transsexual, who have gender dysphoria and want to live in a different way, don't approach it in this way. And the way they live their lives is in no way offensive or reductive towards women or men for that matter. But yeah, with some of these trans activists out here, I can totally see it. How people would look at that and say, that's actually sexist. That's actually reductionist. That's not progressive or open-minded in any way. And videos like this are kinda meant in jest, I hope, but also they're not. Like it's also clearly true that this person literally thinks part of their transition to being a woman is the fact that they cry uncontrollably. There's something so mommy about doing the dishes. Like, am I watching like a trad account? Am I listening to like Matt Walsh or something talk about the proper role of a housewife? Like that's, it's genuinely two sides of the same coin. It's like, this is horseshoe theory. When the two extremes go so far and they start curving up and they meet back in the same place. Please stop being like this. Seriously, like you are just offending people. You are, it's not a good look for yourself. It's not a good look for the LGBT community. 
It's cringe. It's reductive. It's lame. Please stop. Up next, <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face. This non-binary TikToker has announced that they are reading the Quran and exploring a conversion to Islam. <laughs> Take a listen. I started reading the Quran and I am so excited about it. People thought when I first asked that I just wanted to read it out of curiosity, but I want to read it to study it. I started following somebody on social media that teaches the Quran and hosts a Quran book club for Muslims and non-Muslims. So I'm really excited to start going to that. She was describing the chapter of the bee and that just blew my mind. Like the way that she describes things and the way that the Quran describes things actually makes sense to me. And also, did you know that Allah is beyond gender? Did you know that actually scholars believe that there are two Qurans, the Quran of nature and the Quran, the actual book. And did you know that each chapter is named after a natural phenomenon? I just, I don't know. This whole book is just blowing my mind and I am so excited. I got sticky notes so that I could mark out things that I was, ex that I was drawn to. And uh, I'm not even through the first chapter and <laughs> I already have a bunch of sticky notes. I'm definitely going to have to buy more tabs. I'm honestly having a whole revolution with myself where the way that I describe the universe and the things that I believe in are actually described in the Quran of believing in Allah. And I, I've never thought that I believed in God before. And now I'm really having a revolution of self of, I think I actually believe in God. If you've been curious, I really recommend it. There are a lot of people who are converting. There's a lot of people who are reading it. I'm not saying I'm going to convert. I'm not saying that I wouldn't. Um, and I don't know. I just, I know that this is exactly what I need right now. I just wanted to say thank you and just point out how excited I am. So let's unpack that. First, they them points out that they them have only gotten through the first chapter and i suspect that there might be some things in the chapters to come that they them might not love so much i have never read the quran and i'm really not that familiar with the tenets of islam so i don't want to cast too broad a brush or say anything about all muslims or every person who is a member of the islamic faith I understand that there are different people and individuals with their own interpretations and their own uh, translations and their own beliefs. So I'm not going to cast aspersions on all Muslims or all people who uh, subscribe to the beliefs generally in the Quran. But a lot of them, probably the majority in the world, think people like this, they, them, should be thrown off bridges and thrown off rooftops. And I'll just say, keep reading the book all you want, but please... For your own sake, and I really do want you to stay safe, do not visit any Muslim-majority countries where there's theocratic Islam in the law anytime soon, because your pronouns, they about to become was slash were. I'm not saying that you can't be pro-LGBT and Muslim, but I am saying that like it requires just sheer ignorance to think that the majority of Muslims are, or that the general tenets and establishment of the faith is in any way hospitable to LGBT people. It isn't. That's just a fact, that's just a reality. And yes, you can sort of make some of the same claims about Christianity, but the difference is that there are no Christian countries in the world with Christian law where they execute gay people and throw them off rooftops. I'm sorry, just name one, name one, I'll wait. I'm certainly not discouraging this person from reading the Quran. I, I'm never gonna discourage people from reading things or educating themselves further on topics, but it just does seem to me hopelessly naive <laughs> to think that they will, um, I don't know, really find a very hospitable faith there. Maybe they could, maybe I'm totally wrong. Let me know in the comments. 
maybe there's some little niche pockets of of the M Muslim faith that would accept a person like this. But I'm just saying to be only a chapter in and yet bragging about how wonderful this is, it just seems like it just seems kind of incoherent. It seems inconsistent. It doesn't really seem like this is making sense. It kind of just seems like the progressive word salad, the identity politics soup. Where they're like, oh, well, Islam and Muslims and brown people are oppressed and I'm a they them. So I'm also oppressed. So we have solidarity and in common and not realizing that the real world is a lot more complicated than oppressed versus oppressors. Because oftentimes the oppressed people are also oppressors and vice versa. And that's why I've always viewed this progressive view of the world, this identity politics obsessed mantras and viewpoints as incoherent and insufficient to understand the world we live in. And if they're taken to their extreme conclusions, you end with kind of paradoxical and hilarious situations like this. All right, guys, that's about all the LGBT TikTok I can handle in one setting without bringing up my lunch. Thanks for joining me, and thanks for tuning into this episode of the Damage Control Podcast. If you're listening on audio platform right now, please do take a second and rate and review on Spotify or Apple so more people can find the podcast. And if you're watching my beautiful face on YouTube, please consider subscribing. I would love to hit 100K subscribers on here before the new year. And if you enjoyed it, if you're still at this point in the video, I, you must have enjoyed it, at least maybe in a masochistic sort of way. So at least drop a like button, at least hit that like button and reward my suffering. Uh, and do consider commenting and letting me know what you think about the uh, interesting stories and videos we discussed today. And with that, I'll see you all in the next episode. But if you want more damage control, you can catch up on some of my recent episodes here or here and keep watching more of my attempts to reclaim the LGBT community from the insane leftists who've taken it over.